Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate, and I'm a homeschooling mom doing this homeschool thing right beside you. I don't have it all figured out, but one thing I know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Join me and other down-to-earth members of the homeschool community as we share the reality of what this homeschooling journey is really like. This episode is brought to you by Night Zookeeper. Do you have a reluctant writer at home? I'm raising my hand over here. I could tell you about the time that we were at a homeschool co-op and there was a copy work assignment during which the children were expected to copy a state's motto. And my little guy would only write the word motto with a period. And I could tell you the time that he was in a story club and he was supposed to write a a biography, like an author's biography. And the only thing he wrote was my name is and his name. And it said, I dislike asparagus. He's a mathy guy. Writing has never been his jam, and he will figure out mathematically the fewest possible letters to get by with any given writing assignment. That's pretty creative, right? But it's not the kind of creative writing I'm looking for as a homeschool mom. I love to share creative resources. And I love creative resources that really tap into a child's interest. I'm going to share one with you today. And if you've been hanging around with me for a while, you already know what I'm about to say because I have gushed about it in newsletters and on episodes in the past. Night Zookeeper is a fun and educational online learning platform for children. Night Zookeeper helps your child become a better reader and writer by making learning fun, engaging, and magical. It's per- Perfect for children ages 6 to 12 years old. You know I love to game school and that play-based learning is extremely important to me. Learning through play is a really fantastic way to help develop writing skills in children. With Night Zookeeper, your child will play games that increase their vocabulary and improve their spelling. Your kiddo will receive personalized feedback from a team of dedicated tutors. The Night Zookeeper tutoring team provides your child with weekly lessons that incorporate interactive video elements and games to teach your children key skills to improve their writing. Night Zookeeper also offers publishing opportunities. Your kiddo's work could be published in the Night Zookeeper storybooks, featured in the card games, or even end up on the TV show. In addition, your kiddo will be part of a community of young writers who positively comment on each other's work. The comments are moderated by their tutoring team, so the interaction is completely safe. My reluctant writer absolutely adores Night Zookeeper. He's a gamer at heart, and he's super creative, and it completely grabs hold of those interests of his, and then encourages him to write. So when he's playing, because he says, can I play Night Zookeeper? When he's playing with Night Zookeeper, he's not thinking that he's writing because he's having a great time. I have noticed increased confidence and increased skills since he's been using it. And he's been using it for several years now. Night Zookeeper is offering the Homeschool Sisters community 50% off an annual membership and a seven-day free trial. To get access to your seven-day free trial and inspire your kiddo to write more this week, head to thehomeschoolsisters.com to the show notes for this episode and click the special link. If you end up using Night Zookeeper and your kiddo loves it too, please leave us a comment to let us know because I love hearing when resources that worked for my family also work for yours. 
So if you'd like a seven-day free trial and 50% off an annual membership of Night Zookeeper, head to thehomeschoolsisters.com and click the special link in this episode's show notes. And now on to this week's episode. Hey, sisters. Today I am joined by our homeschool cousin, Shauna Winger. Shauna has been on the Homeschool Sisters podcast more than anybody else in the history of the podcast. And today we're going to share five things that we were surprised by about our homeschool journey. Shauna, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to hold the record for the person (laughs) that's been on the podcast the most. And I'm definitely very excited about this topic because I've been thinking about it a lot. So much has changed in the past few years and reflecting back, there were a lot of things that turned out being quite surprising as far as how much really mattered in our overall journey. So it's a good one. I'm excited to get into it with you. Isn't it funny to think about how we met each other and we were early in the journey and now we're like wrapping it up. Mm -hmm. seems so weird. It's Oh, I'm so glad though. I'm so grateful (laughs) that I had people that I had homeschool sisters to homeschool with all along the way. And it is, it's very funny. Me as an outsider looking in on you, you looking in on me and us doing it together, realizing all the things that we used to stress about and worry about and talk about and send messages back and forth to each other about back long ago. And now thinking about, gosh, we were young and unafraid and stressed out about all the things that we really didn't need to be that stressed out about. So hopefully we save save some younger homeschool sisters from some stress with the conversation that we're going to have today. I definitely think that there's so much joy that we can find in homeschooling, but I definitely didn't allow myself to to take advantage of that for a while. Especially (laughs) early on. And when you have kids that have unique needs or special needs, I think you're even more worried about everything. And so I think that's where we were relating to some of the stuff that comes up with that, not necessarily academic, but just like, how is in general, how is this kiddo going to make it out in the world? (laughs) I still ask that question, but I feel a lot less worried (laughs) these days than I did back then. Okay. So should we just launch in? Yeah. You want me to give you one that, yeah. that I like think back, like the very first thing that I want to say, and I'm sure I've said this before, but I feel the need to stress it because it is the number one thing when I was 13 years ago, what my mindset was and where I was at with two kids in elementary school, starting off on this homeschooling journey. I didn't realize that not only was it okay in quotations, but actually beneficial to do less in the younger years. Like I went into this homeschooling thing, replicating school. I had a schedule that looked just like a school schedule. I went into it like a classroom teacher. I know I've told the story, but I had a literal bell that I rang when it was time to get started and time for us to have recess. And it was very structured and it was absolutely the wrong thing for my kids. Like the reason why we left school was because it wasn't working. And then I just had to do the same thing. And it took me so much longer than I wish it would have to open up my hands and let go and look at the kids that I had in front of me and say, what do we need to really start to enjoy learning What are my priorities in terms of their learning? Like all subjects are not created the same. All daily requirements are not created the same. And most importantly, I heard everybody say, it's about your relationship. It's about 
the connection that you build with your child at home. But I felt very stifled by the expectations that I had placed Mm -hmm. upon myself. And it took me a long time to really lean into, it matters more to me that we have enjoyable days, that we have a connection to not just each other, but to what we're learning and to the world around us and seeing them light up when we were able to make those changes helped propel me to do it even more. And then we did have some learning differences. And so that was a double-edged sword because there was like this, but what would the occupational therapist say if I'm not making him practice handwriting every day? But it also was the, and guess what? There's learning differences here and I've got to lean into what works and this is what is working. I just wish I could go back and sit myself down, make myself some tea and say, seriously, calm down, calm down. They're eight and five. It's going to be okay. And I'm glad we got to where we got, but it sure took, it took a long time. And it surprises me to think about now, you know who I am now. If anybody's listened to me on your podcast, it's fine. It'll be fine. I did not start there. And it surprises me that we ended up here and that it worked out so well. I think so many of us didn't start there because I can relate to and the trying to replicate it. But now I look back and I'm just so glad that we got to the point where we were spending so much time outside and not in academics when they were little and all the data. I was just this week on Neverboard Learning was talking to Linda McGurk, who wrote There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather, about how lucky we are as homeschoolers to be able to be outside with our kids and not like succumb to the pressure of the culture that we have because all the data, like when you look at the research says that the kids are supposed to be outside moving or playing, but our culture like in the United States doesn't allow for that. You've got that, what the neighbors are doing and what your gut thinks you should be doing. And you just need to do that like back and forth initially. Yeah. And it surprises me that it's strange when I think about that question, like what surprises you if you look back It surprises me even that that was me compared to where I am now. And it also surprises me that we were able to make the leap and that it worked as well as it did. Once we were able to rip the bandaid off and just lean into doing what worked best, it made all the difference in the world. And that surprises me because even as I was making those decisions, I still felt like it's like, we're jumping off a cliff. Let's see what's at the bottom. Like, I just, I, you don't know where it's going to end. And you can hear homeschool moms like us talking about it, but it's really scary to, mm-hmm. to make that decision and to lean into it. Shock of all shocks. It worked out. We're good. Everybody's fine. But look at that. Like they grow up and they learn and they move on. And all those little details that were so stressful, they mattered a lot less than I thought. Yeah. It was so scary because you didn't have the benefit of hindsight. And the other thing we were talking about this week was how if you just wait and give the open space, a lot of times the things you want to teach your kids like reading or tying shoes or whatever it is at the moment, they will learn it faster. A lot of the time when you just give them like when they're motivated to learn it because my, my neighbor can tie his sneakers and I saw him or something like that or so. Absolutely. All right. What about you? What's one you would say? Something I would say that surprised me about homeschooling is that when I think back, and now my kids are 15, 13, and almost 12, when I think about the things that they learned, the many things they learned, when I think about where that came from, like I knew a lot of it would come from books and read alouds, but so much of our learning 
And their like knowledge fund right now came from conversations we had, which is something that in the public school setting, it's it's hard to measure even in the homeschool setting, but in a public school setting, it's not, you might have a debate or an oral presentation or things like that, but it's not something you think of as like you're part of your grade or your learning because it's not measurable, but that's where it was all the conversations. It wasn't me like teaching. It was just things that came up and the connections that happened through play or the read aloud, or we're watching a documentary and we have to pause it and talk about how that reminds me of yada other thing. Oh my gosh, Kate, that is huge. That is a really big one too. I'm so glad you said that. If I look back and I think about what you're saying and I apply it to my two, I would say at least 50% of their knowledge base, if not more, literally came from audiobooks in the car. And it's not just because we were listening to them, but it's because we would pause them and we would talk about them or we would say, what does that word mean? Hurry up and Google it. And we would figure out it was just so much more organic than it was prescribed. And And that was so sad now that I hear you talking about that for your kids is that I didn't really count that quote, count that as learning. That's, we did nothing today. All we did was (laughs) drive around and listen to audiobooks. but so much real enriched learning came from that dynamic. It's so Mm -hmm. significant and you're right. You can't measure it. So it's hard to put a letter grade on it and you don't have a record of learning. There's no worksheet or anything that you can file away for that. But that is a significant like surprise. Like I loved (laughs) when when kids would have like their like obsession of the moment, whether it was like, like I always bring up the Humboldt squid. And so the kid would be like telling us all about the fun facts about this and they're all listening. And so it became this, they were like teaching each other through conversation, which at the time, I don't think at the time, I think it was just like, okay, I've heard enough about every animal it is, but they just learned so much, even just the conversations with each other. I might add YouTube into that too, because we've had so many conversations around random YouTube videos that I couldn't ever possibly foresee as being like an ingredient in all of this. But as you're saying that, I think about sitting on the couch and us watching something random, like some guy getting stung by bees to put it on a pain index, but talking about the landscape of where he was talking about how that relates to, do we think that would be the same as getting bit by a snake and why? And just all the little, you call them like the little rabbit trails, but there were Mm -hmm. rabbit trails, just discussion rabbit trails that happen literally all the time. We had an, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. We had one kid obsessed with Rube Goldberg machines because of an OK Go music video mm-hmm. that was not even mm-hmm. during school time, but it started this mm-hmm. whole like STEM, like really fun STEM rabbit hole that they would just do themselves based on this thing, they, this video they saw on YouTube. Yeah. And I think I, I do want to put this out there for someone who is new to homeschooling or maybe doesn't homeschool the way that we do. Maybe they have a much more prescribed routine associated with a curriculum or a couple of curriculums that are very nailed down. I don't think that means that you don't still have that, right? I just want to encourage you. If you're a mom that is, no, I don't do, I don't want to do interest-led learning. I follow a curriculum. It comes out of the box. I set it up and that is what we do every day. The beauty of homeschooling is that you still get to have conversations with your kids about what they're learning all the time, whether Mm -hmm. it's an audio book and a YouTube video or 
the beautiful feet pack that you got that has all of these lovely books and you've got it set up day by day over how you're doing it, or even just the math thing that you did for the day, there's this dynamic of back and forth that's incredibly valuable. No question. Definitely. You ready okay, for you want to hear my one? next one? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. so excited to share this one. This one is the biggest surprise for me, like in this day and time, like it's affecting the decisions that I'm making for my youngest. We're going into our last year homeschooling. So senior year, I'm like a horse smelling the barn. We're almost there. We're almost <laughs> to my last graduation. What has absolutely been one of the most surprising things to me as I've gotten one graduated and into college, and I'm thinking about getting this last one graduated is how completely different college is from when I went to college. And I homeschooled them almost all the way through with this idea of, how, of what you need to be able to do and how you do it when you're in college in my head that was based on college in 1992. <laughs> and I know that sounds bonkers. Like the world is a completely different place. Public education, the public school classroom, homeschool even in the past 13 years has changed dramatically. And yet it still took me by surprise that colleges do things differently now. And <laughs> what are the differences? Crazy. Here's the number one thing. It's, and it absolutely is affecting what I'm doing with my youngest now. When I was in school, when I went to college, and I know I'm dating myself. So all the young homeschool moms out there, you can laugh if you want. Maybe this is crazy. I'm saying this for those of us that graduated or went to school in the 90s, right? It may be even early 2000s. I don't know. It changed. I just know that it did. You used to have to own every single aspect and detail of every single class that you took from start to finish. So figuring out which classes you needed to sign up for, staying on track in terms of how you get from point A to point B so that you actually have the classes you need for your degree. And then most importantly, like having, let's say you took five classes, having five different syllabi, syllabi, mm -hmm. if it's, okay, I think syllabi, so. yep. the syllabus for five different classes, test dates for five different classes, homework assignments for five different classes, keeping track of all of those details. I put some effort into helping my oldest figure that out a little mm -hmm. bit and be prepared for that. And what totally took me by surprise is when you get to college, that is a non-issue because what? of, believe it or not, technology. <laughs> Every college has like a system in place where the professors just plug the information in and it populates and you have an online planner that tells you when something's due and that warns you that something's coming up or that you didn't turn in something. And this is what your grade is so far. And this is how much of a percentage you have left to get to this grade versus this grade. It is dynamic. It is incredibly valuable and helpful. And it is something that I wish I would have known because for my oldest, I think we would have prepared a little bit differently. So this year with my youngest, we're actually using Homeschool Planet, which is an online homeschool planner. I actually, we were just talking about this before we got on. I love it because it helps you plan your life too. And it'll <laughs> automatically send text messages to your kids. Like my youngest Magical. rock climbs 
right? My youngest rock climbs, has a rock climbing schedule. There's a list of things we need to do every single time before we leave for rock climbing. We need to grab meds. We need to fill up the water bottle. We need to grab the thing. It literally will text him. You're leaving in 15 minutes, grab these three things and get ready. And, I, and it'll populate it for me for the whole year. I don't have to constantly be reminding. For the whole one. I think year. For the whole year. It'll populate it as long as I want it to. That's worth it to me right there. It's crazy. The second thing is, and I'm not being paid to say this, like I love yeah. these people. It's changing my life. But the second thing is that they have some, they work with some partners like I think they have beautiful feet. They have all about reading and that kind of thing. They have their lesson plans stored in there and you like literally press a button and it'll populate the lesson plans across the year. Or if you're like me and you don't really use a ton of curriculum, you can go in and populate it however you want to. There's transcripts. You can just print out a transcript <laughs> at the end of the year. No, I'm not even kidding. Grades, reporting, like it's outrageous. My wow. biggest reason for wanting to use it is even though my youngest is likely not going to college, after seeing what that looks like, everyone in his generation will have an understanding of how to manage their life that way. They will have used something like that to keep track of when things are due, whether it's bills in the future or work projects or college things that are coming up, papers and tests and that kind of thing. And I want him to have exposure to that. And if I didn't provide it at home and he doesn't go to college, I feel like he will be at a disadvantage in the world because it's not just the one school that my kid went to talking to other parents, even you, like with your kids in high school, that's how mm -hmm. the high schools are doing it too. This yes. is not new. I just feel like I was so behind. I like paper planners and I'm the paper planner person, Same. but my kids are not. And this is, not only is this something I think he needs to know, but it's something that we can use to accommodate his learning differences. Yes. There's automatic ways to stay on track, to stay attentive to details that need to happen every day. And it's not invasive. It's not your mom going, Meh. it's literally just a text message on your phone. Hey, here we go. The future is now. That wow. it's blown me away that First of all, that's what's happening at the college level, but then that there is something that we can do about it as homeschoolers. I do know that they have a free trial for 30 days. We'll put it in the show notes in case yep, anyone's yep. interested in just checking it out because it's totally free. There's no, if you just go in, you don't have to put your credit card in nothing. You can just go in and try it and see what an you think. An actual but free trial, which is yeah, refreshing. It's, an, it's a real <laughs> free trial. Absolutely no credit card. You go in, you can set it all up the way you want it to. You can try it and see if it works, but it has been a game changer. And it is because of one of the most surprising things coming on the end of this homeschool journey that I've encountered, which is I was preparing my kid for college in the nineties. And <laughs> I mean, it all worked out. Everything's fine. But that shocked me, like literally has shocked me. I love that you're sharing this because I always had a worry in my head about my oldest whose executive functioning has always been a challenge. That's just not his, it will never be his strength. And so it's something we constantly work on. And the thought of him going, like when you went to college in the nineties, you had to go to register for your classes, stand in line. You had to get there on time. If you wanted the classes you were going to get, you had to have like backups fill out the form, do the whole thing, buy the books. And then it was like trying to fit it in. Like, where are my classes? Which morning classes do I have and afternoon classes and figuring out like, I remember I had a paper schedule that I had made for myself. And the thought of him doing that, like it wouldn't happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? He would just mm -hmm. have to like 
flounder for a little bit until you figured something out. That's bananas. Yeah. And we might be aging ourselves. And I'm sure that there are people listening to this that are like laughing at us. These old ladies have (laughs) no idea. And you asked, that's one of the most surprising things to me. It really is. That was back in the day with AOL Instant Messenger and you leave a, uh, you're like right? away message. Like, oh my gosh, exactly. <laughs> I will say this though, like in, in regards to the college conversation as well, it surprised me how much colleges like homeschoolers. And just in addition to that, I think that I had this fear that we're going to get to the end and college won't even be a possibility because we have been so eclectic and we have been so interest-led. And what I found, regardless of how the college actually runs, is that colleges like the interest. They like being able to get a picture of a kid who enjoys learning. And whether that's happening at a public school or it's happening in a homeschool setting or a private school setting, the way that our kids are approaching learning comes through in terms of the classes that they take and what their interests are and the things that they learned and the essays that they write and all of that. And it's so much more dynamic than just the grades on a transcript. And I think going into the high school years, I didn't really give that the weight that it was due. And it, it made a huge difference. I think of that a lot because when I was in grad school at Tufts, I, one of my like 70 million part-time jobs that I squeezed in between the classes was I worked for the admissions department. I was like the first person who saw the folders with the, there was like a rubric that you filled out. So you would rate like, SATs. And like, to me, all of the kids, I remember just reading their transcripts and their essays and just being like, oh my gosh, so many of these kids are the same. They all did this and did that and did, and they're excellent students. But, and there was a space to fill out. Like if you found like a quirky person or something really interesting that you wanted to put in there. I don't know that I read homeschoolers because really homeschool was never on my radar for real. I always say it, but it wasn't. So maybe I read homeschool, but I was so interested in the kids and the ones that stood out were the ones that were, had these like unique interests, or you could tell were super passionate or quirky that just mm-hmm. like they stood out in this whole stack of other applicants. So I'm not at all surprised to hear that colleges would like homeschoolers knowing the homeschoolers I know. 100%. <laughs> all right. So that's my rant about college and being old and not getting it until very recently. What do you have next on your list? We have a couple more. Yeah. So my thing that I want to say is that you are always, even on your worst day, doing more than you think you are. And I say this because for a couple of reasons. During COVID, that basically that whole school year, I've said this before, we had some anxiety in the house. My husband was working directly with it. And it was a fear before. Honestly, just spent time in the woods. <laughs> we hiked our whole local trail system. We, I would hope that we would do a little bit of math every day. If I'm being honest, we probably did not do it five days a week, five days in a row, like the whole year. And they were okay. Like they, they survived that. And then not only that, so then that wasn't that long ago. And then my oldest wanted to go to, has always wanted to go to public high school, but my daughter opted to go to middle school. So I had this fear, like, oh my gosh, like they're both going. And we took an entire year, like sabbatical, basically like just wandering in the woods in their middle school years. And they were fine. Like they went to school and they were like, this is, and I am not strict or anything here. You know how I am. And she, both of them were like, 
this is so much easier than when you were teaching me. And I thought it was easy. You're just doing, like we said, like all the conversations and the audiobooks in the car, you are with your kids so much and the amount of books that they are able to read on their own. I noticed that so much more now with them having had a year in school, there's just the whole day is taken up. So they used to be able to like be outside more and read whatever they wanted to read. And it's not the same now. So I just, I am so aware of how wonderful that was and that they learned a bananas amount of information that I wasn't even really necessarily even aware of. I'm so glad you brought up COVID again, because I forgot that even happened in your homeschool journey. And yet I was there for all of it. I remember on an almost daily basis, like us all freaking out. What's going to happen? I haven't done anything. We watched Tiger King yep. to school, right? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. It's okay. I was going to say it wasn't great. And it's such a good example of how when you create a lifestyle and an environment that's focused on, I don't even think I would say learning. I think I would say curiosity. I think I would say like being engaged in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's outdoors or with one another or through books or through YouTube or whatever it may be. Having a curious, passionate kid and cultivating an environment that allows for that means that you're doing so much more, even if it looks like less, even if yes. it is less, even if you take a year and it's a ton less. Like I think of moms who say they had a baby and they ended up not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Or I know a ton of moms who have kids who were diagnosed with specific either chronic conditions or special needs or some combination of both. And they've had whole gaps of time where mm. literal learning in quotes wasn't happening. And yet when they came back at the end of the year and did the state testing, or when they got to the next year and started again, they were shocked to see where their kids were at. And I think it is this intangible thing that's woven through everything that we've talked about that, that is that environment that we get to nurture in our home that kind of keeps it going even when we can't. Yeah. It's outrageous when you think about it. And then it makes me sad when you think about how many years I pushed when I could have just <laughs> taken my hands off the wheel a little and let everybody breathe and be kids a little bit more than I yep. used to allow. Yep. So, I like, honestly, it, the other thing I was thinking of when you were talking is that not only were we wandering the forest, but my boys got really into horror. Actually, my daughter did too, got really into horror movies, which we had always said no to. Like during COVID, you were just, we were just like, okay. <laughs> just doing the best you can. And then you forget that you live through this. So this morning I was getting my coffee and right now we lost my mother-in-law very unexpectedly this summer. And so Papa is living with us. And one of his favorite things is this photo frame that we gave them like several years ago that we could send photos to. So it's like a slideshow all the time. And what came up this morning as I'm pouring my coffee is this really cute picture of my kids who looked so little on the 4th of July in 2020, when we did like curly Olympics to try to make it special. Cause we were usually at Nan and Papa's and we couldn't be. And I was just like, do you remember that time we all lived through a global pandemic and we thought it was going to be a month long and now look at how little you were and we're just, gonna, it's just so weird. What even is time? 
<laughs> I remember when they were into horror movies though, and then they started filming their own and they started, oh. it was so crazy. Was I couldn't even, there was learning that came out. That is true. Like COVID but, horror movie phase. No. And I was talking about that on Instagram and people were like, you should show us. And I was like, I really should. <laughs> we're going to not do that. I don't know that Sorry, I'm proud of I didn't it. know that, if that was public or not, but no, I remember seeing yeah. it. No, I know I sent it to you. I mean, they were like, they were gruesome. They were great. They were there good at a, it. A whole they bunch thought of it through. <laughs> they sure did. I love it. I got how to create violent movies. There you go. There you go. They had to plan it. They had to write the script. They had to stage it. They had to understand the and technology. And they did it in and they also did the Lego versions. Yeah. Yeah. I was Stop good. motion. I was yeah. impressed. I was impressed. Okay. So I have the last one. I think mm-hmm. it sums up everything that we've talked about. And that is that you have so much more time than you think that you do. And it goes so fast. Like it's both are true at the same time. I, when I think about my youngest, how, like, how many nights I literally didn't sleep worried over him learning to read because that was a very difficult thing with his learning differences for him to get to. And I, I remember at seven feeling like we were running out of time. I remember at eight feeling like we were running out of time. I remember at nine, 10, 11, 12, it was like there was an hourglass that had been turned over and the sand was going through faster and faster and faster. And it was suffocating. It was suffocating as a mom. It was suffocating as his teacher. Probably felt suffocating for him because I know I pushed a lot more than I would have looking back. And the truth is, is that all the time in the world and eventually he got there. It took us more time than it takes the average kid to be sure. But even at 10 and 11 and 12, we still had six more years of learning that was there for the taking. And that's an extreme example because he did have a very extreme difficulty when it came to reading. And I think that it is doubly true for every other subject with both of my kids. I don't know why for so long it felt like it was a race to shove the knowledge in when there just was the grace of years and years of learning together. And you can't see it when you're in the middle of it, which is why I'm mentioning it for a mom out there who might be feeling, especially as they're getting ready for back to school, like we're quote behind. We're starting, my kids should be in fourth grade, but they're only at third grade math. Or we're going into high school and we still haven't figured out spelling or fill in the blank. The reality is that there's so much more time in this homeschool game and really in this parenting game than we give ourselves credit for. And it'll be over before you know it. It's both. And what I always think about when you're telling this story, I always think if he had been in public school, what would that have looked like in terms of how he felt about himself and also mm-hmm. in terms of progress? Because you can't spend yeah. as much time as you did with him in a public school setting. And I think about that too with, I remember in the early years, my oldest had so much anxiety and it was like a constant, we were in, OT and we ran therapy and then doing coping, like all of our stuff early on, like I would do math and reading, but like my focus, I felt like most of my energy was going there. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to pay off academically, but he's like a different kid now. And he's got all these coping strategies. And I have to think he had been in elementary school in a public school setting like that. He wouldn't have had that opportunity to like heavily focus on it. And even though I felt like we were just like 
drowning at the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, what am I doing mm-hmm. it wrong? Like now I can see now that he's 15 and a half, I can see that was so worth it all that time that I put in. And we still had time to do other stuff once you're mm-hmm. not in the throes. It's crazy. Again, it's yeah. surprising when you look mm-hmm. back and you see how it all added up, even though it felt, I'm sure you felt this way. Cause I remember you saying that you felt this way. It's this is taking me away from the stuff we're supposed to be doing. And then you look back on it and you go, oh no, that's what we needed to do so that we could do the things that we wanted to do. That just gave me goosebumps because I can just remember what it felt like. And I can remember you talking me down. (laughs) It's like the worst. And it's the worst as a mom to be in that Mm -hmm. situation and feel like you're just failing all over the place all the Mm -hmm. time. When in fact, you're doing exactly the right thing for your kid to be able to move forward and move forward in a way that's sustainable and not just about checking a box. I do want to share for the sisters that have been listening for a while and who know me and know my kids that my youngest, who I was just talking about, really wants to drive. He wants to learn to drive. He's all over doing it. We knew that it would be difficult for him to manage the knowledge test, which is like the written thing for a permit. You do have to go in and take the test to start with without accommodations. Like you have to prove that you need accommodations in order to get accommodations in our state. That's stressful. And it's very stressful. I think there's probably some hoops you can jump through to get around that, but, but he's it didn't seem easy to jump through those hoops. And he, when he heard that was like, okay, let's practice, let's figure it out. So earlier this year, he walked into the DMV, walked over to the screen where they do the test, took the test completely independent, just like anybody else. He had absolutely no accommodations. He read every single question of the 48 questions on his own. He did take a little extra time. Then I noticed a lot of kids going in and out, but a lot of kids going in and out did not pass that knowledge test and he passed it. He passed, he has his learner's permit. It's one of those like mile markers for me because I don't like if he drives, if he doesn't drive, like it's okay. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's one of those things, especially for kids in his generation where it's a question at this point, it was more like in that time frame where I was so stressed and pushing so hard on reading, I felt like, how is he ever going to be able to fill out a job application, mm-hmm. work with government agencies online if he needs to? And the reality is that he was able to do it with even less accommodation than I would have thought necessary for him to be able to get there and perform better than other kids his age when they went in. And it, it is a testament to what you were just saying, right? Like taking the time to lay the groundwork for our kids, especially the ones that need a little extra groundwork laid, pays off in dividends on the back end so much more than you ever think it's going to when you're in the middle of it. When you're in the middle of it, you just feel like you're failing. But the truth is it's exactly the opposite. So when you sent me that photo, it it gave me tears. It was such like I could yeah. Yep. He was so proud of himself. And I was actually he was terrified going in. But (laughs) and he was relieved. He was relieved when we left. But after that, he was very proud of all the hard work that he had put into getting there. And I was over the moon. I was just I was terrified too. Cause I I it's not it wasn't passing or not passing. It was just 
I wanted him to feel a sense of accomplishment yes. for how hard he worked to get there. And the fact that he was able to get that was just such a huge win. It was such a, it was a homeschool win. It was a mom win. It was a kid win. It was just wins mm -hmm. all around. So I wanted to share it with the sisters. It was a sister's win. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. It's been so fun talking to you about all of our surprises along the way. I always love I love it. Fun. I love being here. I'll come back anytime. I'm always <laughs> one to chatty be a chatty fox about all of it. And it's just such a, it's such an honor to be able to talk about it all now, looking back and know that there's, there's so many families that are choosing to do this and that are in the same situation that we were in. And I love that maybe it's going to be just a little bit easier for them because they stumble across this podcast and they hear, Maybe they already knew the college stuff, but they hear all the other <laughs> stuff that we talked about today and feel, if nothing else, a sense of not being so isolated and alone in all of those. I think experiences at home as homeschool moms are a lot more similar than we know and than we think. And that's the beauty of this podcast. So thanks for having me on. Anytime. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>《Sisters》Kate here. As a lifelong gamer, school psychologist, and homeschool mom, I have witnessed time and time again the power of play when it comes to learning. In fact, I truly believe that homeschooling can be almost all fun and games. Now, does that mean it's going to be all sunshine, rainbows, and laughter? Heck to the no way. But I do believe we could all be having a heck of a lot more fun. A playful mindset can transform your homeschool routine and your family life. The best part? You don't need an overflowing game closet to get started. You can be a game schooler today with just a deck of cards, and I'd love to show you how. That's why I created Never Bored Learning. Never Bored Learning is a private online community for creative parents and educators who embrace play-based learning and game schooling. The goal of Neverboard Learning is to play more and learn lots in the process. Your Neverboard Learning membership includes access to monthly guest speakers, live Q&As, monthly day-in-the-life family spotlights, and an ever-growing library filled with printable resources, including documentation resources, challenges, and print-and-play games and activities. But the very best part of NBL is the private online community forum. This is not a Facebook group, and it is hands down my favorite spot on the internet. The community is a vibrant one, filled with creative parents and educators. I wake up every morning before my kids, I pour myself that very first cup of coffee, and I hang out in the MBL community forum. It's my favorite way to start the day, and I'd love to see you there. If you'd like to learn more about Neverboard Learning, visit neverboardlearning.com. That's N-E-V-E-R-B-O-A-R-D-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G dot com. And if you're not ready for a monthly commitment, but you're interested in getting your feet wet with game schooling, I invite you to sign up for our free seven-day game school kickstart, which you can find on mylittlepoppies.com, or enroll in our digital course, Game Schooling 101. I can't wait to show you the power that play can have on your homeschool and family life. 
I wish you a play-filled year, sisters. Chat soon. Bye for now.